Hey guys, welcome to episode 275 of the podcast with my awesome guest, Mo Collins. I am so delighted that Mo was able to come do the podcast. I'm such a fan of hers. Uh, shout out wise, I just want to thank, um, well, I just want to thank Roberto as I got a recent email from you. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, also just from you know people who wish me a happy birthday on, on Twitter and Instagram and, and other places. Uh, thank you. It was a marvelous birthday. And uh, I also wanted to tell people in the D.C. area that I will be at AwesomeCon this year. Uh, that's the weekend of sort of April Fool's Day-ish, the final weekend of, of March leading into April. Um, and I'm excited to do that con. I haven't done it before, and I, I'm really excited to be back in the D.C. area. I've spent very little time there, and I really liked uh, the time I was there. So hopefully I will get to see some of you in person. And uh, I think that's it uh, for now. Please enjoy the episode, and I'll talk to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. I'm recording now. I said launch like it was a dirty word. It can I'm be. Depending on what's at the end of that launch. launch. I'm just going to launch that launch right in. into your Maybe body. Maybe because it rhymes with raunch. Oh, yeah. I that probably know. is why. We could look for reasons raunch. on that for a while if you want. <laughs> we could really dive <laughs> super deep. We could launch, launch into, into a whole that. exploration. Maybe it is because of the raunch thing. But now Maybe. that I'm thinking about it. First of all, just the word raunch without E attached to it is very funny. Yeah. Ra- raunch. Raunch. I enjoy a good raunch comedy. Who but yeah. uh but I don't think it's a word I use either. I don't think I no, use I the word raunchy. Like so a little raunchy. Well, actually Maybe I do. Yeah, I think I think I've got that somewhere in my vernac. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I probably used it. Raunchy. That's pretty raunchy. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I guess you're right. What would I say other than raunchy? I mean, look it's, at the world today. Seedy. You know, it's easy to find we a place. A, to... it's, we are living in a raunchy world. It's really easy to find it. You're right. It's hard to the avoid raunchy. the raunch. Yeah. Raunch is everywhere. And we're so we're searching for other words to describe horrible things because yeah. we get tired of using the same ones. Yeah. That's what, what that's what it's come to. Yeah. Do you find yourself doing that? Like looking for... Because you... Your brain repeats the same yeah, and you're like terms for can't. the the you know atrocities yeah, and uh, so yeah, my brain is like, well, okay, I'm gonna find some other words for this abysmalness, is the, atrocity. You had, to, abysmal. you had to go right into That's yeah, good. we had to go into like the ch- a chasm of mm-hmm. gross. I know. Uh, yeah, I was I mentioned that semi recently, but like. I know just being up at Sketchfest and having people who are having to write for shows like Last Week Tonight or, yeah. or Conan or whatever who are like, this is so hard. How do you compete? This is so hard. Yeah. And just like sad. Yeah. Like there's no, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is fun to make fun of this stuff. No. It just feels like, oh, we and just have to sit with this all day. It's our job to sit with all of this in front of us. It's about, you know, finding humor and mental illness now. Yeah. You know, our mental illness and having to go through this. Yeah. The mental in- illness of our government. Yeah. It's, it, that's almost the better side of it to, for humor to look at. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's like you want to steer clear of blue and holy cow, it's blue out there. Yeah. It's all blue. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Mental illness. <laughs> 
Jeez. <laughs> that is what we're looking at now. Is. Uh, yeah, that's that. And that's a, I mean, that's something that is hard. I, I obviously you work with Maria uh, yeah. uh, and, and I uh, have also been very forthright about my kind of the mental illness stuff that I've grappled with in my life. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that you've been directly affected by. Like if you've gone absolutely. through stuff like that. Yeah. Myself, people I've, you know, family. Yeah. I've absolutely dipped. It's, it's all these creative types deep into God that. Well, that they bottomless just, your pit. brain, your wonderful, busy brain. Yeah. It's so busy. It's I know, just no so wonder we busy. go into comedy because it's like, oh, it's so dark in here. I'm going to swim up for a second. Yeah, absolutely. Which, thank goodness. I mean, I know. you know, what a blessing. But seriously, but wow, it's <sighs> such a duplicitous way to live. Yeah, it, it really is. But it, it really is, is. It's the extreme of both. But at it least, is, but you know, because you of, if we can look at a brighter side to mental illness being so in the forefront these days, well, we can talk about it more op- openly without you know, the same shame or whatever. Sure, sure. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I wonder if I, I do sort of wonder if like the, the, the business of therapy has seen any kind of uptick or if it's like it has, I have friends who are uh, in the business. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Cause you sort of wonder like, Oh, is this just a thing that we're talking about should happen? But, but but, I was asking about it and it's statistically gone way up. Good. Way up. I'll take it. The, the I'll take people that. People are getting help, but also, unfortunately, that you know, suicide rates and are going up as well. But, yeah. um, but definitely, uh, yeah, mental illness on the rise. <laughs> it is on the rise. It is the greatest. Uh, it, it it is the greatest disease in this country right now, mm. if you ask me. Yeah. Well, it is, and it's 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 insidious, and it's uh, hard to sort of pin down for a lot of people, particularly yeah. because um, it's not as simple as like, oh, I ha- here's this growth on my knee or exactly. whatever. It's a walking disease. Yeah, and some people don't know they have it. Yeah, and you don't know too if like it's circumstantial or if it's chronic, and if it's your brain's chemistry or if it's your upbringing, and yeah. how to so like how to sort of what are your tools and but when the environment. Uh, you know, our our society itself has become so mentally ill, and that's the environment you live in. Then we are all part of that environment, yeah. and therefore, it is partly environmental depression, mental illness, whatever, right. wherever it goes. Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. There's it. There's a part of me. I mean, I was talking about this with. Uh, I think I was talking about it with Naima actually on, on a recent episode of the podcast but mm-hmm. I always say like I would rather be broken in the same way everyone else is because that sort of makes me feel like we can all generate a solution yeah because when I was going through my stuff it was seemed so specific and scary and unique and and it just made me feel very isolated <laughs> yeah. so I've taken a lot of comfort from you know oh you get it oh you get you know like yeah. that that sort of communal feeling about it and and I guess that would be the ultimate hope would be like well if everybody has to look at it yeah and it feels more you know like an epidemic but if it feels like something if it's like you know people say sometimes about what's going on in in our country right now is 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 it the sort of like the sickness coming to the surface and does that have to happen do you have to like get it out do you have to get the so do the sores have to pustule and well, you know it, be cleaned it, and and the fever does the fever have to rise yeah and, i guess on one hand we we because it's more of a conversation now we recognize it a, a yeah. little more readily yeah 
you know, as, uh, we, we're looking for it sometimes now. We have to. It's right. like, what's my neighbor up to? <laughs> hey, <laughs> that hey quiet, you, what's in that box? Yeah, that quiet keeps to himself type. It's right. become very serious. It's like, oh, nice khakis. Who are you? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, you wear a lot of primary colors. You make me nervous. Right, right. It's different. But, but I think that our eye is... Uh, on that a little bit more our gauge we're we're more cautious which is just so sad too yeah but uh that's yeah. that's what it is yeah where, where did you at. where did you grow up like where what where was your i'm minnesota okay yeah um suburbs of minneapolis new, okay new hope uh, every time anyone brings up anybody from minnesota or anything around the wisconsin minnesota area oh, i always say how f- everyone funny comes from that part of the world oh. because people just keep reinforcing that to me that's funny. I just feel like it's a sense of humor that um, that really always appealed to me from anywhere yeah. from like, you know, my parents listening to Prairie Home Companion and oh, me sure. kind of sort of getting into that very dry, yep. gentle sense of humor to, you know, The Onion to, uh, yes. you know, so there's a, to the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys. Like there's just a lot of them. funny yes, people. That was our, yeah, that was my my era. Those are my. Yeah my people that I would see in social situations. That's my jam. That's my jam. And I didn't know that's where you're from, but I can yeah. check that box now and check go like, oh, that makes sense. Check it out. That and put makes it next sense. To the casserole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, uh, did you have a sense of like the world at large uh, as a teenager? And no. The way, yeah. Same. No, I realized that more and more. I would say that in that teenage body and living my life, I thought I knew a lot but I, I don't think that's different than any teenager. Right. Um, because I was a smart person, but uh, life smart and really tuned into how it all is, not at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, and I, I think I've thought a lot about that lately, actually, because I just thought, man, I, I kind of miss uh, some of that ignorance, Yeah, if you will. I do, yeah. It, I, I mean, totally on it. one hand, no, I don't want it, but it also... Being so aware can be painful Yeah, these days. Yeah. But that ignorance, it really was bliss. Right, right. You know, all I did have back then was my own bullshit. Yeah. My own crap, my own depression, which started back then. <sighs> yeah. That's all, you that's know. That's the problem. Is that's like, what it was. It wasn't, my, my empathy wasn't filling its shoulders with the world yet. Yeah. So it was so much easier. Yeah. I didn't know. It didn't feel easy to, it didn't feel easy because that's uh, what I go back yeah. to is like I there's such it's such a complicated loop of like well okay if I could go back to the part that was blissful that would be great but because I filled it with everything else that in my own angst yes I wouldn't go back to that because that would just be frustrating because now knowing what I know now right but if there were a way to go back and remove the stuff that didn't matter I know. And then lean hard into the like, nothing, I, this is great. I just got to do, you know, show up to school oh, and, know. you know, that yeah. part of it. Should I, you know, do that after school thing or not? Yeah. Is that boy worth it or not? But somehow know? I made, because I had the, that kind of depression, anxiety too, yeah. and also just hormones, but sure. there was so much 
there everything felt so heavy heavy anyway i know so I, god, god help me if i i mean i used to i joke about the fact that i took lsd and i don't recommend it to young people yeah but uh i when i think now like if i took that now mm-hmm. knowing what i know about the world i would i couldn't i could never i could never take something like that as an adult yeah, because i couldn't either and i, I had to then. be stupid enough to yeah. be able to not attach to reality in any way or i would yeah. have been like i have to solve everything i have to solve all the problems oh like gosh. give me a pen <laughs> yeah you know my husband did lsd starting at 12 years old that blows my mind 13 yeah because i think where but it was a from? short period of time arizona because it's so crazy for me when i think about him being a 12 year old and myself 12 it's like i mean i didn't even touch alcohol till you know senior year yeah you know and i i hit it real hard uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, the first time you I drank, I ended up in friends. detox. That's how hard oh I Oh, my God. Yeah, just get right to it. The first time. Mm-hmm. What was it? What was the drink? What was it? Well, it was wine. Okay. All the seniors were going to go to school drunk the Friday before holiday vacation. <laughs> sure. And As this, you do. Yeah. This time I said, I'm going to be like everybody else. Yeah. So I went, I went in hard, not knowing. I did like five coffee cups of uh, white wine. Ooh. And I woke up strapped to a mattress on the floor. Oh, my God. At 2020 Detox. Oh. Yeah. That's intense. It was intense. What, uh... So and and you and and you had made the decision, the sort of conscious decision prior to that, not the, to take any, not very, not to do it, like not to drink. A, I was a to. good girl. Yeah, I do was. Do you have siblings? I have two sisters. I'm in the middle. Okay. Yeah. And are your were you all good kids or yeah? Yeah. In fact, if anyone was a bad one, that would be me, and I wasn't bad. Right. Right. My mother would say different. Uh-huh. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is there was there religion in the house? Catholic. Okay. Very strong Catholic yeah. household. Yeah. Irish Catholic crew. You weren't one of those Lutherans up there. No. One of those Minnesota Lutherans. No, but they're nice. Yeah. Yeah, they were all around me. Was yeah. your school like a full on Catholic? Oh, I went to a public school. school. It was a public school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so. what, and and did you feel and if this is get, this is like too personal, please you, just tell there, me to it's shut really up. It's really hard but, for you to get too personal with. Okay, me. good. Yeah. Um. What what was your sense of your like your relationship to god or did you have one or did it feel just more like ritual changed a lot in fact uh in 10th grade was it 10th 9th 10th grade somewhere in there i was uh i was a youth minister okay Uh, you know i i was really into it yeah i I was hanging on to it yeah there was something about it that uh, i guess i needed like my relationship with my mother was completely awful Mm. um and there there were these like-minded teenagers like myself that they were good they had a lot of humor and um they i i loved that spiritual feeling Mm. that we had and we had this great uh youth minister who who really gathered us together in a way that i really jumped on board of it because it's always great to be a part of something sure you know, sure. and that was certainly part of it. I could go there after school and my mom wouldn't get mad. You know, it, it was it was a place for me to be. Yeah. You know, so I, I did really love it then. And did you feel like you would pray and feel that you were getting answers? <clears throat> um, I don't know if I was getting answers or not. In fact, I would say, no, I wasn't getting answers. But, uh, but I got peace. Mm-hmm. You know, just sometimes that wash 
of spirituality that would go over me mm-hmm. was it's like meditation, right? They have figured yeah. out that scientifically, those things are kind of triggering the same part of your brain. Yeah, I, I liked that holy feeling I would get, if you will. I, I do. I, I will, and and I miss it because yeah. I can't find it anymore. Yeah, which is kind of sad. Like I, I'm not a Catholic anymore. If I ever was one. Um, and I, I say that I'm spiritual and I definitely have my spiritual beliefs. Um, and yet what I do not get anymore is that wash over me, that sense that, uh, something higher than myself is, is actually got its quote unquote eye on me and taking care of me. Yeah. I don't feel that anymore. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. I miss that feeling. Uh, I, I don't know how to get it. I always wanted that feeling. And I knew very early on my, I, these guys know, but I, I had to go to Mormon church with my mom. I wow. mean, I should say I am Mormon in the sense that I was baptized. That yeah. was not something I was super excited about even at the time when I was eight. But this idea of in the Mormon church is that if you're eight, you're old enough to make your own decision. Wow. So of course you could say to your entire mom's side of the family, I don't believe this. I'm eight, but I'm not going to get baptized. Like that's ever going to happen. Uh, I would be fascinated to meet an an eight year old who was like, my entire family's Mormon, but I chose not to get baptized. I'd be really impressed uh, and interested in that person's kind of sense of self at eight. Definitely. But, uh, But I did envy the the people I felt I was seeing that from yeah. and I and I really envied it and I was fascinated by it but I and but also and I don't think I've talked about this much before but I I did enjoy because I was sort of doing all of these like sort of dark things and it, that was clearly scratching a huge itch for me yep. in my in my non Sunday life yeah um there was a lightness to going to these church activities and stuff with all these girls who all seemed so much younger than me, even though they were the same age as me because they just were more innocent and sweet. And I had lost my virginity and they, you know, were virgins and, and I had done drugs and they, and so I had that sense of, I mean, how much more did I really know? It's like, what does that really teach you? And, you know, but when you're a teenager, it feels big and important. Those are big and important then. They really, those are big things. But yeah. So, and so, so there was something so just light about yeah. like yeah I got just went to you know mom mom wanted me to go over with her to this thing that mothers and daughters were doing on a Wednesday evening and there were so many cookies and yeah. people were singing and laughing and nice. it did feel this uh, that part yeah. of it was sort of like oh what a nice what a you nice know, feeling why just refreshing you know breath of air yeah and then I would sort of go back to my you know atheistic you know wherever I was you know <laughs> reading poetry and listening to the cure or what have yes. you Yes. But it felt like, like, oh, dipping a toe, like, oh, this is what works for other people. And look at how sweet and nice and wonderful these folks are. And that must be nice. It must be you nice. Know? And I, I even envy, you know, like, uh, my sister, uh, Katie and her family are the, the best Catholics I know. Yeah, they are because they're, they manage to be non-judgmental. You know, they, I mean, they just take all the goodness of what it is and, and, that's it. Yeah. And they're just delightful people. Yeah. And I I I'm so happy for them that they have that and they they are completely enfolded and embraced by it and I love that. And I love being around them too because they're just whole people. Really whole people. Yeah. You know, and yet 
what it is they actually embrace, I can't go to it because I'm a hypocrite if I do. That, you know, I just... And yet, the things that they do, you know, the the non-judgmental, the be good to each other, like all that stuff, that that's not religion to me. That's just the best way for humanity. Yeah. You know, those those Ten Commandments, if you will, it's like... They work. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that works. Those are good ideas. Strip it down and don't. Good ideas. Yeah. yeah. They really are good ideas. Yeah. But they don't have to be attached to any religion for me to adopt them and see that they work. Absolutely. <laughs> did you, did she ever have a kind of crisis of faith or was it just, it's just kind of consistently been there for she, her? I don't believe she ever has. Yeah. And she, which isn't to say that she hasn't had events in her life. If anything, the events in her life, I would say more um, uh, secured her belief and faith in in God because Mm -hmm. they did turn out all for the better Mm -hmm. as it worked out. You know, it's like all her praying, I think there were results. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not that's because she prayed, we can, that's a different debate. Yeah. But as far as her being strengthened by it, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, what were you like as a, I mean, because you were more deeply involved in the church and because you were a youth minister, was there dating happening? Was there... Uh, I wasn't allowed to date. Right. Um, that being said, I managed to lose my virginity before I was allowed to date. Okay. Yeah. Was that through activities, through the... No, that was I me. asked that because a lot of Mormons <coughs> that was me like to joke somebody that there was more... Of, yeah. That was me choosing the dark side. Uh-huh. You know, there, yeah, it, I do. it was, it was a, he was a darker person. He was, he was dark mm. and he's, st- I'm sure still dark and, uh-huh. and troubled and, um, was yeah. he all, like artistic and ha- did he have that sort of like, what was the magnetism? Was there a magnetism other than just like, he the seems magnetism unhappy. <laughs> for me was he was the opposite of, yeah. of me, you know, yeah. he, um, wore l- black leather jacket. Uh, I mean, it was, it's like grease. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's a reason that grease still <laughs> succeeds. Seriously. Yeah. He, he drove a death mobile, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like some Audi that was souped up that he did. Yeah. Spray painted it black. All of that. He listened to the clash. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, I was a very artistic child. I painted and drew and all that. And, um, so I, I had this side of me that was always tempted by the devil. Uh-huh. If <laughs> the devil in up blue Audi. jeans, you know, <laughs> um, come at me with some combat boots. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, what does that oh, yeah, sign I mean? I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I was, I'd be, I, I could have done exactly that. And instead <laughs> I was like, I guess I'll become that. Like I did, but it did, but I came from a place of like going to the Huey Lewis and the news concert to then, yeah. you know, wearing black lipstick and dog collars. Well, like I it was leave my I, house yeah. dressed anything like that. Right. You know, I did oftentimes, you know, st- stick different items into my backpack that I would dress, you know, in the bathroom before school, just things that I like wanted to wear. Wink it. My winks. Mm-hmm. I had my, I wore Can my you, winks. I, I would love for you to tell me if you could remember what those winks would be. Well, I really liked these ripped up jeans that mm-hmm. I had that I would not be allowed to wear. And there was also just really simple, but there was a, a gray sweatshirt that I just loved. I loved wearing that gray sweatshirt with those jeans. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And so I, but my mother, you know, 
I, I had certain clothes I had to wear. She made a lot of our clothes. Mm, and That really adds a layer of expectation and guilt. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would stick them in my backpack. and uh, But I, I would do like, we, we didn't have a ton of money growing up. And so, you know, everybody was wearing the fancy Nikes. But I would go to Kmart and buy EBS, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is like Keds. Uh, and I would paint them. You know, I did, I made them really funky. Like yeah. my statement. Yeah. You know, but that was my way of sort of rising above it. And instead of feeling dumb. Yeah. You know, it was like owning it, owning my EBSs. You know, it's like I made my own tennis shoes. So you can make fun of them if you want. But you weren't, you all are wearing the same tennis shoes. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they were only two dollars but yeah. what did you what were you um was there stuff you were passionate about in terms of like oh I always had to get home to watch this program or like I loved these kinds of movies or you know deep buried deep in these books we really weren't allowed much television in the home Stri- so pretty yeah it was very strict, strict. my yeah. mother would come home and feel the tv to see if it was warm yeah um but Carol Burnett Mm-hmm. obviously meant the world to me on Saturday nights. Um, I loved when I'd be at friends' house and seeing shows like The Brady Bunch or Love Boat. Yeah. It was just so f- fantasy or something. Fantasy Island. Yeah. I loved television. I loved the stories and the fantasy of all of it and the bright colors and pretend. Mm-hmm. I loved. I loved the pretend. Yeah. But did you, and so were you allowed to like read and stuff? Oh, I read it, yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Yes, I read a ton. Definitely. Um, I don't know how many times I read the entire Nancy Drew collection, which I had. Yep. Um, over and over. Yeah. Just over and over. Just to be, just to be reading. Yeah. Just to, to not be questioned being quiet up in my room. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm reading. It's like, oh. yeah. It, it, it it was okay to do, and I loved it. I think that's true for many kids. Yeah. Definitely, especially with strict parents. Like, yeah. that, the permission that you get to be in a totally other place and time that you get yes. from a book is so precious. It really especially, is. Especially, yeah, when there's no, like, compute, like, getting online and, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. And and I drew a lot or paint. You know, I did my art. Do you still is, do stuff like that? I do. I paint. That's so great. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of, that's just a terrible question. What kind of stuff do you paint? Paint with oils. I mean, okay. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. I, I call them. Um, I, I call a lot of them heads, mm-hmm. just because they are sort of these. Uh, they're he- they're they're abstract heads. Yeah, people think yeah. things. Um, I I really like painting, but I but that's one of those things that. Um, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but this idea that you get and uh, you get this notion in your head of who you are and who you aren't, yeah. a, a lot of us do. And I, I just never. I was like, I'm not a painter. Like I just know I'm not. And that's not to say that I was tamping down this terribly strong desire to paint, but. I just, I think as a younger person, especially if it wasn't something that was just like immediately something I understood or was put in front of me or, you know, was around my house. And then I had a friend who that was true for, I so quickly was like, oh, that's their thing. And like, I didn't, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, my friend Martha like makes all this stuff with like Fimo clay and, and she's a painter and like, that's her. She's my artist friend. Right. What do I have? 
You know, I, only when I go to her house am I allowed to make things with Fimo. And I just tried to make them look like what she was doing because I was so yeah. impressed by what she was doing instead of feeling the permission to be like, well, I don't I, know, maybe I want to paint something. You know? I know, you know, I uh, I had wanted to and thought I was going to be an, an artist to paint. You know, growing up, that was my whole thing the whole time. Actor wasn't anywhere in there. And, uh, and then when I was... Um, when I was 20, and I didn't, uh, I got kicked out of college and all this other crap, but um, so that the whole artist school thing went away. Uh, even though in my brain, I was still, I'm going to be an artist. Then I got a boyfriend, and he, he was a, a painter. He's an artist. Mm. I mean, a real one. Yeah. So I went away. <sighs> yeah. And here's the other thing. He did there's a similarness to like he did faces and heads. And so I thought even more so like he's going to think I'm copying him. Yeah. So I went away from it for Mm. a long time. Uh, And then I finally just went, no, that's in me. And yeah, these they're coming out. Yeah. You know, good. The heads are coming out. Yeah. (laughs) But I understand too, what you're saying about, you know, I didn't know how to paint either to be perfectly honest like I had not done (coughs) excuse me oils and I still couldn't tell you what the technique is do you know what I mean I I steered away from it because literally the things that you use the linseed oil and all this stuff it's like well how do you do that yeah it's like there you do it however you want it turns out you know I, I would say I got serious about oil painting 10 years ago and I just went oh I'm gonna dip this into there and put it on the canvas yeah and that worked yeah a painting yeah there's no right or wrong I think I was real concerned with that from such a young age I was even as like a quote-unquote rule breaker for part of the decisions I was making I there was a real sense of like well I don't want to you know are you afraid of not being as good as you would like to be right away yeah yeah, it's like me like going to, yeah. you know, pump gas. I wish I knew ahead of time before I get out in front of the damn pump. I want to know how it works because right. I don't want to look stupid. But why were we so, aff- I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that is like the number one thing that, you know, when when people looking say stupid. like, what would you tell your young self? Or yeah, I what know. would you, what do you want younger people don't to know? Don't worry about looking stupid. It's like, God, what, how, how wow. great to just fail and laugh at yourself and, and the then thing is, get back in, you know. We're in comedy anyway. I know. Like, if anything, those are the moments in life that we should embrace because we're going to see ourselves fumble. Yeah. And then that's something you talk about in your stand-up, in a sketch, whatever it is. Like, those are the... It doesn't always have to be the eyes on somebody else making their fumbles. Right. Let's... It's... Embrace your own fumblings. Why why was that so... But yeah, I have a thing. I don't want everyone to look stupid. Right. And yet... That's the career path yeah, I've chosen. I well, as that well. might be. There might be something really specific about that. Is that like you and I want to fail and look stupid on our own terms? Yeah, we want to. <laughs> we want to control it. We want to control. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like I, professionally, yeah. I want to look really. Stupid. I'll look dumb all day long. It's funny but, if it makes other people happy. Yeah, like great. But in the real world, I need people to see me as a highly uh-huh. functioning <laughs> female. You know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I really. It is funny too because it sounds like. I mean, if you 
I don't, I mean, I specifically, I don't know why you got kicked out of college. Perhaps you're about to tell me, but cause I don't know, but, um, but if there was like a breaking of that, like kind of a breaking of whatever that precious thing was for me, it still wasn't like, Oh, I'll just, I can just look silly or I can just do this wrong. Yeah. It was like, it was like, I went from, you know, this is the amount of, of effort I'm putting into school to like, which was a lot yeah. to, Oh, I could just, I could just drop out like, Oh, yeah. that's, it wasn't like an in-between it was, there was no in-between. It wasn't like, it was like, Oh, maybe I just like take less classes. and like, you know what? Maybe I get B's and C's or whatever. Yeah. And no one was standing behind me saying you better get straight A's or you this or you that. I feel like particularly since my dad essentially, you know, raised me in the sense that he was sort of the main authority figure in my yeah. life. Um, I don't, I don't remember him ever making me feel like I couldn't fail or that I had to be perfect or anything. I feel like the permission to, to not be good at something was there and the support was there, but God damn, I didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want to disappoint myself. Maybe that's part of certain people's DNA. Well, and I will say like when I was in first grade, I still have, I should like frame this report card. I, there's a a report card where like, you know, that's what you get E's and S's and I's. Mm-hmm. and ends um, of like excellent satisfactory right. improving or needs or improvement incomplete. and I got all these E's and S's <clears throat> and then I got a big fat N and it was for uh, accepting criticism so even when I was five years old which is how I was like hold so I was wait, in first the grade the N is ne- needs improvement needs impro- that's like you're getting a D in something so accepting uh, accepting criticism and wow. then there was like a whole explanation underneath that was like wow. Janet is a bright sensitive child but she has a very difficult time being told that she's done something wrong or that she could be better at something like I just couldn't five years old I already was like I, I don't want to hear that. I I can't hear that. That hurts. Yeah, but you know what? That you know? that isn't a wrong thing. Yeah, that's a personality. That's just that's just a personality. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a right or a wrong thing. Right. That's a personality, and it, it it's not that it's something that has to work against you. Right. You you know you have to just flow with yourself. Yeah. Right. And then mm-hmm. again, it's like we, and then you choose to be in a job where like yeah. your, your, your value and the amount of, uh, by which you are criticized, I like know. by everyone else is, yeah. is so you smart, know, just right there right. at the surface at all times. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now what happened with college? Oh, um, well it was pretty, uh, I didn't want to go. It was an all girls Catholic college. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to go there. Uh, like I say, I wanted to go to art school. I had yeah. my portfolio. I wanted to get right to the thing that I knew I loved and wanted to do. Um, but no, I got into an, a Catholic school and um, I met some like-minded spirits there, a couple gals. And uh, they were also in the art field. You know, they were taking art. We were in art classes together, one art class. Um, and our dorm we were on the fourth floor, and the floors one and two were also classrooms. So one night we got super stoned, and we went down to those to one of the floors with our pastels, and we did these beautiful drawings, you know, uh, in the pastels, and wrote, you know, poetry. We were listening to Jim Morrison, sure. and just having a great time. And it's chalk. Uh huh. Yeah. Chalk. Yeah. Um, but, um, Mary S turned us in. Oh, she saw us. 
and uh, they basically said, Do, "Are you are you going to change?" You know, in there with mom and dad, are you going to change the nuns? I said, "No, hmm. no, I'm not. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, with this. Yeah, I don't belong here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am a creep. You know." Um, and that was it. Well, that feels like it was a mutual decision, at least in the sense that you could perfect. have said, like, please take me back. Of course, I'll change. I no, I mean, yeah. I went to the theology class That's twice a beautiful in story, semester. by the way. I mean, I want to see, I want to see that. I, I want to see it in something. I want to see it in a show. I mean, like, I wish I had pictures, you know, because it's not. I mean, the, I mean, listen, that what a great story that you you sort of imagine that this is going to go into like, and we trashed it, and we grabbed some dog shit, no. and we smeared it all over the doorknobs, and then we wrote "Satan is my king" in blood and blah. blah. You're not like, no, we all. drew some beautiful like, pastel, gorgeous, chalk, existential removable. poetry. You know, yeah. Just um, oh, I I remember the night fondly. Sure. Like we were giggling our asses off in the elevator. First of all, we like took over the elevator so nobody could use it for a bit. And we were just in there with our boom box and stoned and our pastels and ready to ready to hit the halls. I mean, is there anything that feels... That's what the sort of, I think, takeaway is too with a sort of like extreme... The extreme control versus like moderation in terms of parenting and authority and all that kind of stuff, especially for younger people, like nothing feels better than being in a restricted environment and then finding a kindred spirit and being like, oh, fuck, yeah, like the sort of folie de, like we're going to go crazy. And it's this and, and that is so much more exciting than like. Like I was at, you know, I, when I was at, uh, when I was at NAU, like everyone kind of smoked pot and like nothing, everything was kind of loosey goosey. Yeah. And there was just no sense of like, I need something to touch me through all of this, which is exactly, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, it was kind of a great place for me to be because I would have rebelled so hard oh. if more, you know, if more yes. strictness had been just imposed come out of on my me. parents' home where it was, compl- it's like I needed to explode. Yeah. And I, and so I did. But even so, m- me exploding <laughs> it's so beautiful is not, it's not dangerous. Yeah. You know? It's it's really not. Um, you might like it if I explode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like anytime I've really exploded, for the most ah. part, other people have enjoyed it. Right. You know, right. Because it's either on stage or on a canvas or the halls of a college. And it doesn't seem like, I mean, it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't feel like, would you associate an explosion with anger the way some people would or and and is that the way you expressed no. it or is it more just pent oh. up that energy and the need to the need just, the energy? just the need to express and also yeah. i would i would even say that and now we were very stoned but i think that part of us thought that people would enjoy it mm-hmm. and maybe I they did that. i don't even know right you know i right. don't, i don't know what people thought of it never got that far right we didn't get there how did your were your parents like after you did you have to go back home and live with them for a while or worst time of my life Mm. yeah it was terrible because then right after that i i uh, got in a skiing accident and i was my leg was in a cast so i'm living back at mom and dad's i had to walk half a mile on crutches to a bus stop take the bus to downtown minneapolis work my eight to five filing job for the government like carrying in crutches carrying stacks of files that's 
for all those hours in a day, then got on the bus and back home. And this is in the winter. And, <sighs> and of course, they, you know, mom was pissed, right? Yeah. I had failed. But then I got kicked out of the house, so that worked out. Oh, good. And, w- and did you draw pastels all over the kitchen? What got you kicked out of the house? No, they, <laughs> yeah, I know the stories are good. Um, I, uh, I came home from work one day, uh, and, um, it was like six months down the line after the skiing thing. And and both your other sisters were living outside the house? My or they were- older sister, Katie, was at Notre Dame at the time. My younger sister, Molly, was still in the house. Gotcha. And <laughs> I came home and uh, sat down at the dinner table. And uh, the night before, I'd been to my friends from, like the, from high school, from back in high school. We were on the newspaper together. Mm-hmm. Innocent, great people. Yeah. Not, we played soccer and it was raining. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. outside so it was kind of my clothes got muddy i can't believe this already. here we go i already can't believe this mom went into my closet when i was at work and she saw uh muddied shorts and underwear and she took it right to that i was out having sex in the mud, in the mud. In the mud. i rode my bike to my friends you know so the mud especially yeah. went went up the yeah. crotch yeah yeah, and she said it at the dinner table. So my dad, you know, my quiet dad, get he hurls a chair. Like oh I have the gentlest God. dad in the world. He and they both just like it just oh, everything just oh. Winnie was just like you're you know. <laughs> you're having sex, you harlot. You know she loved to call me a harlot. Um yeah, Harlan, oh, and then dad just God. like was listening to it. And I, I mean, there was no arguing. There's nothing I could say. It's like, I was, I was playing soccer with my buddies in the rain. It was really fun. Nobody drank. And I'm, you She know, already had worked herself up into such she, a froth. She had, I'm sure Winnie had a real day. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that muddy underpants and your dad hurled a chair and then it was like you can't be here anymore get out you've, you've so I, to this I went upstairs called my friend chrissy she came and picked me up and i never went back yeah boom another fantastic thing that happened to me. <laughs> really like that was one of the best things that's yeah. ever happened to me yeah because then i learned uh how to take care of myself and I've been doing that ever since. I've never, ever, 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 ever needed anybody's help. And I'm very proud of that. Sure. I've helped a lot of people. Yeah. But I have never been unable to figure out how to take care of myself. It's pretty awesome. Thanks, Winnie. Thanks, Winnie. Thank you so much, Winnie. Thank you, Winnie. Uh, what, and so how did, when did comedy and acting kind of show, it, show itself to you? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I had learned improv when I was in eighth grade. See, that's so cool. <clears throat> that was not a thing on my radar. Oh, at I was all so was lucky. Younger. I, uh, Mr. Erwin Marvin Jones Hermiting, or Ert, or Herm, as we called him, um, he's the one that named me Mo. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't even know the guy. And he was ha- had sign up sheet was outside his room for a sketch improv group. And I was terribly shy when I was young and he goes, Hey Mo. I'm like, Oh my God, whoever he is, I would do not want to be him. My, <laughs> my name is Maureen. And he points at me and he's like, you get over here and sign up for this. I was like, 
what? So I, I went and I signed up and I had to do, I had to sing a song and do a pantomime, a comedy pantomime. And I got in, there were five of us. Did, what do you, what was it that he, I mean, was it just like right place, right time? Or did he see something he in you? He knew I was Katie's younger sister. Mm-hmm. And Katie had done um, like some drama classes or something. And maybe he, I think he saw this terribly shy. He, he saw something because I didn't, I didn't even know him. And uh, he, he, I owe him, I owe him the life I now have. Yeah. It's, it's because of him. Um, Does he know that or did he know that? I don't know if he's still around. He, he's not still around. We, we actually lost him sadly to motorcycle uh, about mm. 10 years ago, but we absolutely kept up. I mean, he was, he's my life mentor, you know, and, and I still hear him all the time. You've got to be shrewd, Mo. You've got to be shrewd um, was the last conversation we had. I probably could have stood someone telling me I needed to be shrewd. Oh, he was so passionate and hard, like, because he was football coach and drama coach. And the personality was just so strong. Mm-hmm. But um, but he had uh, told us about Dudley Riggs in Minneapolis, which is a sketch improv group, much like Second City mm-hmm. and all of those. And uh, uh, when I was floundering after being kicked out of college, I was like, what's that thing I used to love so much? Improv. So I signed up for classes at Dudley Riggs, which Ert had introduced us to. And uh, I got into classes there, and really quickly I got into the Sunday company, and my life took hold. It uh, it was the the most accidental yet not accidental at all. Um, I fell into the right place, found my people. All of a sudden, there's a check with my name on it, and the rest is history. You know? Yeah. It's just finding finding that place where you belong. Yeah. And it happens to be follow the thing you love to do yeah you know i feel i i had the opposite um when i was uh in high school which was i had a teacher that i felt like i was doing things in defiance of a lot of the time because he was kind of not great at what he at what he did i don't know what that was about but i think like i don't know i mean now as an adult i sort of look back and you, you know i do have the I don't know if I'm trying to give him too much credit or I'm trying to have too much sympathy towards him because there were some things that kind of happened later in his life where you're kind of like, oh, maybe there was some pain there oh. that I didn't know about. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But he definitely was 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 absent much of the four years that, and I mean like he was in the office, but he was just absent. He wasn't like teaching us anything. And yeah. Unless we were in the process of rehearsing a play, which okay. even then I don't know that, he, I feel like he was not, directing as actively as he sure. but there was just there was a sort of like drama was like more of a free period a lot of the time oh, where gosh. just the drama kids are just like let's go make out in the dressing rooms because oh, wow. no one's telling us what to do um and yeah. so that was like so I, I it's funny that we would be talking about this because i just had a dream two nights ago that i was back in high school in really? my drama class but it was one of those like reality morphs where you know like i knew i was an adult Yes. And that I had succeeded, so to speak, in yeah. this endeavor. But he was still like just kind of snarky to me and 
he was, you know, so he was sort of like, in, like implying to the whole class that like I would never amount to anything. Oh and in my in my brain mind, I was like, well, wait a minute, like I've been on TV and stuff. Like yeah. he can't say that. Like even by his standard, even by whoever's standards, you can't say I'm a failure, right? right? And like I was so had that like hot burning face of a teenager, and like what am I? What do I do with this like bottled up energy to just like I wanted to yell at him? Well, and maybe you were just actually not feeling that enough in your own life. Life and you were trying to in going into that dream like you standing up for yourself in there hopefully you come away from that dream going yeah yeah i've got stuff that's true i did wake up feeling like that fucking asshole Absolutely. which he was not <laughs> he was not a huge asshole yeah in this business we have to keep finding our legs again and again yeah you know and and our dreams help us to do that i i bet you just needed to I do have very vivid, very active dream life. Like, there's no question that I have a lot of dreams I remember. Do you too? Yes, they've been really rough lately too. I I need to look at that. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things that I saw when I started, I had a no one ever really asked me to think that much about my dreams before. And then I did end up working with a a doctor who was just a medication management doctor, but like she would just sort of throw off the cuff, like, "Mm -hmm." and have you been dreaming a lot? And I would be like, "Mm, I don't know you. (laughs) Like it wasn't a relationship like you have with your therapist, you know? And so, and I would just be like, yeah, I mean, I always have really, you know, I have very active dreams. She was like, "Mm -hmm, you should keep a dream journal. And I was like, yeah, I don't, again, I don't, this is not, you're just like checking things off a box and like giving me, you know, some well-being uterine like I'm not and this was years ago and uh and I swear like right after I saw her once and she said that I had one of like what felt like the most textbook like it was a dream about my mom and this was happening and it was it felt like you could crack open a young book and be like there it is okay there it is and and I started and so in a different I started paying attention to my dreams in that sort of different way and at some point I had this aha moment which was like oh Dream interpretation is really, it's, it's, it doesn't even mean like, it doesn't mean that you have to correctly interpret something that you dreamt. It means that if you think it might mean this, it's probably that, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's getting you to, it's getting you to stir stuff up and ask yourself questions, no matter what you come up with in the end. I think we do know, you know, it's like, I have a recurring, uh, poop dream, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, um, uh, and I actually, it, it, always had been the same actually until about two nights ago it was a poop dream but it was a different setting but i know i'm like because i had already over the years known when that poop dream happens it means my depression is in a place that i can't hide it anymore i i can't squelch it down and push it down it overflows the toilet as it were yeah you know the shit is hitting the fan whatever all of it all the metaphors you want to throw at it uh and it's it's always before anyway in the crowded room mm-hmm. with like a little coffee can that I I'm like do you guys have a toilet and it's right there in the middle of the floor yep. and I sit down there and the poop just starts overflowing and I'm afraid people are going to see it and uh but yeah the other night I had it two nights ago so I got to look at that and I know that uh things have been really tumultuous lately and I, I and I think it is that it's like oh my god I'm not I'm not maintaining right now and I think I need help you know, it just, uh, it, it was the same dream, different setting, right. but the same sense of people are going to see this, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, but here I'm saying it right now. It's like, 
the shit's hitting the fan. I need help. Yeah. You know, like I, here we are this, again. This takes us full circle to, and I forgot to tell you that I play this mash game at the end. So you're going to have to fly by the seat of your pants with me, even if you have no idea what mash is. But, um, <laughs> but, but that kind of brings us full circle to this idea of like, I, I just embrace so much the humanity, the messiness of humanity. And oh, part yes. of that is giving myself permission to be a part of that. Right. Totally. And to be all. And so just, like there was a time at which, especially as, you know, an angsty teenager, again, where I, it would have bothered me so much to find out that I had similar dreams to someone else or that I, that everyone has yeah. a de- dream where their teeth fall out, you know, right, it's like, but right. I'm, I think I might be broken differently. I yeah. think I'm pretty sure I'm crazy in a very special, fresh way. Of course. Um, but now like. I just, it just, I think it's, I, and this sounds condescending, but I'm, I'm in it. I'm wrapped up in it. So I'm not looking at it from above, but I think it's adorable that our brains work in this way oh. that you could see, see that and it could seems, it could feel so clear and be like, oh, yeah. this is very literal on some level, oh, it's but so it's great doing that- me this favor of communicating it. And it's not so peculiar that I can't figure it out no. or that no one else would be able to figure it out. It's like, look at us. We're all these creatures with, you know, here yes. we're this crazy species where we're so close and attached to this kind of animal version of ourselves, but we sort of kind of have our eye on the prize of evolving into so better, complex. something better and something more holy on some level yeah. and that the best parts of religion are about that it's about how do i cast aside the fear and focus on the love yeah what a, what a strange like tipping point our species is, is on different. you know every and day every day is a different, different map exactly exactly like, the complexities are so real yeah. and immense that every day the map can look different yeah oh god and like short of short of just unchecked evil i really hope that whenever i die uh, and hopefully even before then, but like just to get to a point where I can just look at so many actions of humankind and just go, oh, look at you. Like, look at us. Yeah. Bless our hearts. We're trying so hard to tread yeah. water here. And you did that terrible thing to me. And it's just because you were scared and lost. And I did this thing to you. And it's only because I oh. felt I was going to, I was afraid of blank or I was so angry. I couldn't let go of it. Just to be able to look at everything and just see it, the big picture and just be like, oh, you adorable little kids. Oh, yeah. Look at you children. Look I've at us all children. I've that, you know, it's like I, I had my midlife crisis around 40. I went through a, a lot and I broke so hard that um, I had to, uh, in coming through, embrace my brokenness and let go of so much of the preconceived notions of self. Because I, apparently I had them. And this kind of goes back to like, but I see it this way or I, you know, don't want to fail. I don't want to look dumb, you know, and it's like, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's actually okay. Yeah. And I can feel small. Yeah. And I like it. I, I like feeling small. I completely agree. I don't know how I don't know how it evaded me, especially because I lived in San Francisco, which is a very Japanese forward culture, and I feel like I was hungrily pursuing those things when I lived in, in San Francisco. And yet I still it, if I heard it, it didn't really resonate with me. But and I, of course, I'm forgetting the the word for it now. But the um, but only recently was I reminded of the Japanese, you know, the porcelain cracks, yes. and you fill the lines with gold, and yeah, you embrace yeah. oh, the yes. cracks, Gorgeous. and it's like look at how much more Gorgeous. beautiful it is now yeah. that it's broken. And I mean, that's I know that's well, it. It's like, like let's all years, crack. I I I 
always did and I still do. I've always prided myself in uh, portraying broken characters. I like, you know, the underlings. Me too. And and then I became one. Yeah. And uh, it's like, okay, well, if I can love them as I always did my characters, I loved them deeply in my heart, no matter how broken or, you know, much people kind of love to hate them, one of those types. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'm broken too. And and that's okay. Like, to, it's just more pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Oh, Mo, I've really loved this. Um, really great. This is, this, is a fr- this is the most frivolous part of the uh, the podcast, but uh, but it's also a favorite of mine. And, um, Mash? So Mash is Mansion Apartment Shack and House. It is a mansion apartment uh, shack silly, you don't even have to remember any of okay. that. It's just a silly game that uh, some some of us played as, as younger um, oh, yeah? silly children, which is that I'm going to give you some categories and all you have to do is just give me three kind of on your wish list of each category oh, and then there's fun. like a little eeny meeny miny mo system where i'm like okay this is your mash future and it's like you oh, you, wow, you marry this. this person and you live in the da, 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 oh, and you get to have fun. all this in your all okay so Sweet. so the first category for you will be uh three people um that you for whatever reason whether they are not alive anymore or you know whatever reason you probably won't get a chance to actually work with them on something and it could be anything it could be any kind of artistic collaboration yeah. but three people that it would be um amazing to have some sort of collaborative work with uh, they can be alive or alive or dead. dead any yeah any era any age well the number any... one still remains carol burnett great yeah uh, do you, do I do one or three? Did you, you say? You do three, yeah, mm-hmm. um, because you'll end up with one from each category. Picasso. Okay, great. Um, and let's see. I know there's a lot of pressure. It's very it's very improv slash. I know. Now, now you've married yourself to these three. You'll think of something two hours later from now. You'll be driving and totally. be like, "Oh, I should have said." No, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, that will happen. It just I feel comes like with the territory. Be, there must be a, a musician somewhere in there. Um, and I don't want to say Prince because I've met him and it wasn't great. <laughs> Understood. But his music was so awesome. Understood. Uh, oh, come on, Mo. Uh, oh, man. Don't worry. Is... I only have like 10 more of these categories. Yeah. Gr- oh, jeez. It's, tr- it's turning to torture very quickly. Wow, it's really hard. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, well, let's look at the political. Uh, Well, Hillary Clinton. Great. I'd collaborate there. I'd like to see that collaboration. Okay, uh, next category is three places uh, that you could have a vacation home um, if getting there were no issue. Okay. And uh, it could be a place you've been or a place you've just heard of and that yeah. sounds great. Uh, let's go with Amalfi Coast. Great. And um, uh, San Jose del Cabo, mm-hmm. which is different than Cabo. Mm-hmm. And... Um, New York City. Great. Okay. Next one is 
three uh, singer-songwriters or bands, something like, you know, somewhere in the musical department. Uh, these are people that would just show up at the snap of a finger and, like, do a private set for you. Or you could be backstage with them, watching them perform. Like, these are sort of your, they've become your cronies. Okay. Um, oh, that'd be so badass. Pat Benatar. Great. Uh, Joan Jett. Great. <laughs> And uh, the, the Chrissy Hind. Great. Oh, these are the, dare I say, the first ladies of rock and roll. Seriously. I'm afraid I must. I should have actually put them instead of Hillary. I like that. Well, this is good because you may, now you've got, you know, okay. a couple, couple different categories that Great. you've got covered very well. Uh, this is a per- perennial favorite of mine. I have to include it with every uh, episode. Three foods that in this reality... Maybe not great for you for one reason or another. Could be allergies. Could be calories. Could be antacid. Uh, antacid is a thing you would take. It could be acid reflux. Um, but in this, or it could just be the rarity of them. Like, oh, that one pizza that I can never eat because it's in all the way in Toronto or whatever. Three that in this reality will now suddenly become good for you, and you can have in perpetuity with zero negative ramifications. Food within perpetuity. I'm gonna go with. Um, uh, grapes. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> so apologetic. The look on your face. <laughs> yeah. You talk about like pizza from anywhere in the world. And I'm like, grapes. Maybe because I, I bought grapes earlier okay. and I'm so excited. I'm so excited the about them. Um, uh, oh, God. Um, oh yeah. I'm really not fancy here. I'm going to, um, because all the things I love really are good for you. Okay, fair enough. You don't have to like chocolate covered almonds. Oh, great. Yeah, sure. And, uh, oh, um, uh, oh, for God's sake, what are they called? Uh, it's a fish. It's, they're the round ones. Oh, uh, for God's sake. How am I not remember? Wait, it's a fish, but it's a round one? Yeah. How round is this fish? Is it you know, the piece of fish? Sometimes you get them. It's not salmon. It's like a scallop. Oh, scallop. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Scallops. The scallops from that French restaurant in Stillwater, Minnesota years ago. There you go. I would take those again. Scallops. We'll get some Stillwater scallops. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Okay. This is alternate universe uh, sexy times slash uh, alternate universe spouse. Uh, you know, just, or it could be even like a companion type thing if you don't want it to be about sexuality. Um, but three, and it could be characters from movies. It doesn't have to be specific, you know, living people, uh, characters from books, uh, actual living human beings. Yeah. Uh, three, three people that it would be fun to have that with. Yeah. It's in one, you know, it can be like, well, this person, I probably like this character, I would probably just want to have sex with, but then, but then this person that I'm going to name, that's more of like a relationship thing, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, that's actually hard to do because I am living, actually, I'm living my, my sexy time partner dream. Wonderful. I know. I know. It's, which is great. I know. So it's like, God, nobody compares to that, but, um, let's get clever here then. (laughs) You could also use this to fulfill old crushes, like yeah, okay. you know, I would probably, I, I could put some people on the list from high school. John Denver, great. This is how the game is played, my, my friend. My first, my first uh, crush, great. John Denver, um, uh, Richard Gere from 
officer and a gentleman. Great. Not Richard Gere per se. Got it. Understood. Yep. And um Ah. Uh, well. Relationship. That's Carly Simon. Oh, great. How about that? I love Carly. Yeah. I feel like she's she was like my window into my dad um, explaining to me that artists like talk about their real lives and stuff and like yeah. have because just so many of her songs were about relationships that weren't working out or oh, and I you thought know, she was like so in a very sexy rounded too, way but yeah very sexy but, like the look of her to yes. me was extremely yes. sexy and then yes. of course you add to it the, her songs and it was yeah. like what yeah she's a special I want lady. to be you she's a special lady like I yeah. completely agree. Um, okay, next category is three uh, three pieces of, like, three paintings, um, or I guess three, you could say, you could grow it out into, like, three styles or something, but it could, it's 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 almost like, oh, you thought Dolly painted that? Oh, no, that was me. Like, you could sort of take credit for some of your favorite pieces of art in this alternate universe. Oh, uh, Matisse. Great. Matisse and Matisse. Great and <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm willing. I'll put them on there every time. Unless you have two others that you're excited about. Uh, uh, Louis or Louis? I'm Uh actually not sure which it is. L-O-U-I-S. Right. Uh, Eckhart? I-C-A-R-T? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just talking about. Okay, great. Um, I mean, the word art is actually in his name. Um, I'm realizing. And uh, okay. And then do you want a second Matisse or or is there a third? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I'm going second Matisse because I keep seeing his. I'm doing it. His stuff. Well, it's funny. I put Picasso up there for the artist because that personality Mm -hmm, intrigues mm -hmm. me more. Yeah. Spending time with him. Yeah. But when I see Matisse and Matisse is more towards something I think I strive Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. or find a kinship yeah great my heart we got we got double matisse and we got an icard i know uh three movies that you can jump into whenever you want and it's not that you're reliving the plot or that you were a character in the movie it's more just the world itself that you just kind of get all those like ah, i'm just in this this is the f- i'm in the feeling that this movie gives me or the you know whatever it is about that that movie three well, uh well i young frankenstein great um Oh, the party, um, Peter Sellers. Yep. I think there's another movie coming out called The Party now, but it has nothing to do with it. How can they even do that? I think they they do that with movie titles more often than we realize. Because yeah. I do feel like when you start look something up, you're like, oh wait, this was a this isn't even a redux. This is yeah, this is just a totally other other thing. Um, but that one's so iconic. It is funny. Oh God, I've never wanted to be in a movie more. Than both both these movies, yeah. but truly the party, which was just, I've never I watched that and I'm like, imagining what it must have been like to be on that set. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, and let's see. Place Oh, uh, oh, it was a German flick. The heck was that called? Wenn wenn das Kind ein Kind war. That was just a line from it. When the child was a child, 
I can't think of the name of it, but it's about the fallen angel. Um, and they made a, an American version with Nicolas Cage as the angel. Oh, right, right. Oh, the Vim Vendors movie. Uh, yeah, it's I Vim Vendors. Think... I know exactly what you're talking about. There's uh, a, a German yes. version yeah, years ago. Yeah, that's his. I mean, that's... It's, that's it's, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I, I can't believe I'm blanking on the I name of it either. I can't believe it either. It's always been one of my favorite oh, movies. Yeah, because they made the Nicolas Cage one, and it's, yeah. called, it don't, it's not called the same thing either. It's, no. I don't think. Um. Oh, someone is listening to this so angry with us that they're yelling it out. Oh, I've been saying it for years. They're I so it might out. like my go-to. It's, I might be forced to actually look it up um, because I a hundred percent know exactly where you're talking angel, about. If I just fallen look him angels, up, I'm pretty positive. Angle, it angle, the angle. Um, All right, it, it, I'm sure it's him. I'm sure that it's him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I clearly, I'm not sure. Let me just look him up. He's the, here. He is. Peter Falk was Wings in of it. Desire. Wings of Desire. Great. Oh, thank we you so much for getting that. That was going to make me crazy. Uh, okay. God, All right. that movie. Uh, wonderful. Oh, man. Wonderful. I can watch that anytime. <sighs> wonderful. And yeah, I want, to, I want to be inside that world and feel that beauty. Yeah. Oh, it's great. God. Great. Yeah. Two movies that I thought of when you said the party are uh, one of them is a Peter Sellers movie, so that's why I thought of it because I was thinking about it the other day, which was called The World of Henry Orient, uh-huh. which was this um, I don't know if it was like a Hal Ashby type movie, but it was these two young girls who become obsessed with his character. His name is Henry Orient, and he's mm-hmm. just a total cad. Um, but they have this huge crush on him, and so they're following him around, and they sort yeah. of find out like, yeah. oh, he's a complete dickhead. Like yeah. it's every it's like sort Peter of yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. He felt very comfortable in that space. Yeah. And then the other one that I always used to get confused with that was called A Little Romance. And it was oh, yes. Di- one of Diane Lane's first yes. movies oh, yes. and uh, Laurence Olivier. And it yeah. takes place in like Paris or Venice, maybe Venice. Yeah. Um, what a wonderful. Ugh. Those are two movies I kind of forgot about. And then I yeah. realized like in, this, those would be on my vein. list recently. Oh, cool. Um, if I if I could dive into either. Uh, OK. And then final category is uh, you have a room in the in your home now. There's a sort of magical room that uh doesn't add to the blueprint it's almost like you go into a different dimension when you open the door but you go into the door uh, through the door and it's a room that can serve any purpose you want uh three it could be an art studio it could be a forest oh, it's, a, it's an art it could studio be a beach, it could be okay yeah i mean i have one now i turned the garage but this one in my brain still ex- is, is not existent yeah and do the- you want to do two other options huh on um- what do you mean? Like uh, it could be an art studio or I would do two other things as an eeny, meeny, miny, mo scenario. Oh. Um, man, I love rooms in homes so much. Me too. I'm kind of an abode person. Um, just like a room, what they would be mm-hmm. like. And it could be completely magical or it can be completely grounded oh. in reality. A library. Great. With a ladder. Exactly. This is what I'm talking about. Great. Yeah. Okay. And give me one more. My Trinity me. College, Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> right. The what is that? The Hall of Yeah. Um, and uh, a room that it has a glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. With um, clouds that you lay on. Oh, wonderful. Now, to do this little um, eeny meeny process, I yeah. just have to quickly like squiggle something. So just in the next couple of <laughs> seconds, really, just mm-hmm. tell me when to stop. 
Stop. Great. I'm going to pause this. Okay. Do this very quickly. When I come back, I'm going to be giving you your 100% guaranteed fictitious mash future. I'm so in. Yeah. I feel very good about this. Oh my gosh. This is a, an embarrassment of riches is what Ooh. we're looking at right here. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on all of the uh, wonderful Matisse-like work that you have done that uh, for a long time people have been like, I think Matisse did that. It's like, no. Oh, I could Mo cry. Collins did that. I could cry. Uh, and I know that uh, some, uh, you've certainly had some recognition for that because I know that's how you were able to buy your mansion on the Amalfi Coast. Ooh! Um, Ooh. Not bad. Not bad at all. This mansion, of course, welcomes in uh, just fun cash performances by your friend Pat Benatar. Sweet. Just hanging out with Pat. Just you and Patty B. How awesome is that? Chilling out. Uh, I know, but the only thing that was tough about that was like, I know there was one concert of hers you actually had to miss because you were working with Carol Burnett at the time. My God. Uh, and you guys were doing this whole series together. Unreal. Uh, that was terrific. Um I also want to congratulate you on your unlimited supply of grapes. Oh, thank God. Endless grapes. I'm so healthy. Endless grapes. It's very easy to imagine you feeding them to your partner in crime, Carly Simon. Uh, yes. With her beautiful lips and her beautiful mouth. Oh my God, those grapes uh, in her mouth. Those, those sexy, sexy lips. Uh, and um, maybe some of this is happening. Maybe you're painting her in this fabulous art studio that you have oh, uh, at your house. Lovely. And this is your regular house. You also have, your, of course, your mansion. One assumes there's an art studio there as well. Oh, yes. Um, and when, you know, all of this incredibly idealized, beautiful, perfect uh, mash reality, you still need to escape from it. I want you to know you can go a step further and step into Wings of Desire. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Congratulations. That's pretty good. I That's feel like you got the best of the best on this one. So good. Yeah. Hey, you've earned it. I have. You've worked hard. I have. All those poop dreams. I know. Well, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I'm going to go forward in that. You are going to go forward in that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for Janet, doing the podcast. Thank this you has been so, so much. much. Fun. Uh, I'm just such a fan of you as a human being. I'm a fan um, of you as a human being. Would Is there anything you would like to tell people about? Uh, they find you on social media or just anything like that that you would like to uh, talk about, promote, and or say nice things about? Um, anything Jeez. like that you're welcome, well, the only thing welcome really, in I mean I always just show up here and there I just shot teachers on TV land fun show check that show out absolutely um, I'm gonna do a play in oh, that cool. opens in March called Damaged Furniture at the White Fire in Sherman Oaks I haven't done one in 20 years yeah come see me be a crazy lady on stage I'll come see you in a play yeah I I'm, find pl I for, for spending my whole childhood doing plays in oh, school I am now this terrified is a brand new by play. live we, theater we're working so. with the playwright it's thrilling. and it's so good That's it's so really funny cool. and dark and awesome okay great yeah and you'll post about that online I'm oh sure absolutely okay I will post um, about that what are, are you just where, where what's your uh twitter handle I can't remember Oh, like Mo Collins. Is it just at Mo Collins? I can't it's remember. not. It's it's either it. that Mo Collins or at, uh, you know what? You know what? Google. Uh, I'll set you up. Damaged furniture and Mo Collins. And yeah. I'm sure that you'll get the information you need. Yeah. Uh, and guys, I will talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.